Good evening and welcome to episode 8 of the Free on Free podcast. Another week, another episode from a group of guys who don't know what they're talking about but have been at the top of the charts. You may hear that once or twice on this episode, just a heads up, not that we're bragging. Um, we've got the usual two voices, the elder of the parish, John, and uh, by the looks of it, Mr. Happy this week. Um, Scott, gents, how are you? I'm good. I'm not too bad. How are you guys? Not too oh. bad, thank you. Not too bad this evening. Feeling good? This could, I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but we'll go with it. Um, we've got um, the first guest in eight episodes, a genuine guest, uh, not just um, one of the rarities, that's a Guildford fan on social media, um, a legit um, guest of the, of the, uh, the podcast. Um, a guy who is well known in the UK circles for many years, um, very brief uh, intro, born in Kazakhstan, coined to elite prospect, represented Israel in international level, played in North America, the AHL in the East Coast, since at Kazakhstan and Germany before hitting Cardiff, Telford and Swindon. Thank you for giving up your time and welcome to the podcast, Max Beabriar. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. First of all, just want to make sure I got the surname correct. Uh, nobody gets it spot on correct, but you are getting there, just like you're getting to the top of the charts. I, I've spent years destroying your surname, I'll just be upfront and honest now. Um, so if that's close, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Um, but again, you know, thank you for your time and we'll bring you in uh, a bit about yourself later on in the show. So... The weekend just gone. Um, it was Halloween, and everyone bought their Halloween shirts. Some more scary than others. Um, and uh, Guildford lost at home. Actually, that was probably the most scary thing over the weekend. Um, Scott, John, what were your picks of the weekend just gone? Um, I was impressed with, obviously, the comeback for Sheffield on the weekend. 3-0 down in Guildford. Normally teams are going to be coming back from that scenario, let's be honest. You think 3-0, you're, you're done, basically. I think what kind of maybe killed them a little bit is their bus journey to Scotland the day before. You don't want to be playing really Sheffield or, or, or Belfast on a Sunday after you've been to Scotland and you've bust back all night. That was impressive. Um, I'll leave Scott to talk about Dundee. Um, you know my thoughts on Dundee. Dundee are crap, but Scott, I'm sure, will expand on that a bit more. Um, Cardiff had the usual Nottingham voodoo. Go to uh, Nottingham, haven't they got destroyed the night before in Sheffield? And yet, as seems to be the usual thing, Cardiff going to Nottingham, whoever's playing, whoever's coaching, tends to be a home win. So that was a bit of a, a bit of a bad weekend for for Cardiff, I think, really as well. Scott, what do you think? The Coventry Blaze are in the next round of the Challenge Cup. It's unheard of. It's it's fantastic. I know only one team goes out, but anyway, we'll move on. And yeah, echo what John said. I think when Guildford went 3 0 up, we're thinking, Jesus, going to run away with it. So, you know, hate to say it, but big result for Sheffield, that one. And good for the league as well. You know, you don't want Guildford running away with it till December. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Guildford running away with the league. That doesn't even sound right. Uh, I've got to ask one question, Scott. When's the open top bus parade for making the next round of the cup? Uh, we cancelled it because it would cost too much money. Fair enough. Um, my highlight was the Saturday night game, not the, the fact that Nottingham got destroyed. It was the interview that will never get shown, but if you saw the clip it on the Elite League socials of uh, the Nottingham coach, um, that had a lot of explosion potential that would have been great to listen to the whole lot, but unfortunately that has um, disappeared in the ether, um, which is a shame, but... Uh, 
No, some good results, and uh, we, we've got one more weekend of the Cup, which just seems to have dragged, as ever, the Challenge Cup. So, um, before we move on to um, the, the topics this week, just a couple of comments. Um, obviously, last night, breaking news was the, the sad passing of Brent Pope, um, a guy who's played a number of clubs in the UK, coached uh, clubs, and was also um, part of the media um, and did, I think, believe at least one, maybe two Olympics. Um, so thoughts with the family of Brent. Um, and just kind of a highlighting a topic that we mentioned about social media and starting to see a number of players and management leave social media because of the anonymous abuse, which we kind of highlighted. And uh, I think you're going to start seeing a bit of reaping what you sow. So it's like we knew what was going to happen uh, because people just weren't prepared to take the hint. Um, but we'll move on to the first topic. Um, and it's Scott wanting to absolutely highlight the displeasure of what he saw of the Dundee Stars. Yeah, Dundee came into town at the weekend and it's probably one of the worst performances I've seen from a team in, in recent years. Uh, it was 7-2. Could have been double figures. We kind of took the foot off the gas. I think it's quite concerning times in Dundee. They were trying to play some run-and-gun hockey, but forgetting to gun. Um, at one point, they had their D-men and their forwards all standing together on the blue line. When they lost the puck, they weren't skating. Uh, you look at the, what's going on there. Only one player's got a point per game. And then Jeff Mason, after the game, is very honest in his interview. He says, I've put this team together, but they're not working for me. They cut Chris Gary, who they got in from Guildford, had a good year. He's on a uni deal, so a uni deal's gone from them and the player's not playing for him. So I'm con- concerned for him. Jeff looked a little bit beaten down. Um, I don't really know how they're going to change this about. So I don't want another struggling Scottish club this season. Which is a bit strange because they kind of off the rink, especially during COVID, they was kind of really having a good build and making sure they got through that, but also growing and expanding. Which So when you looked at the sign, you're thinking, could be another good year for Dundee. I mean, I know they made the final four last year, um, easily, sadly. Um, and you thought this could be where they really established itself, but they seem to have just hit the skids on it. And so we mentioned a couple of weeks when we last played them at, um, in Dundee, not when they beat us at home. They just looked like they gave up halfway through and it's, very, very strange how they've kind of gone from then to, to here. So I agree with Scott. It's, it's, it's worrying times, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I just hope that they kind of find a plan B and it starts to kick in. Um, I'll bring John in. Again, off, off the recording, we spoke, we thinking Dundee could do something, but it's, it is a bit concerning how they've kind of just slipped badly. I, I just think that... It... I don't blame the guy for making the, the, the jump to being a number one. I just think that the, the impression I get of, of Mason, he's a good number two. He's too nice a guy to be a, a coach, I think. You know, he signed the players. He has to take, at the end of the day, ownership for results. Maybe he wasn't at the right appointment. It makes sense to kind of go for a, a number one and, and try and progress his career. But it's still early days. Obviously, maybe a bit harsh of us to write him off already. I just don't know if he's, if he's just too nice a guy. He, you know, sometimes players need to rock it up their ass, and is he the kind of guy to do it? But everyone I 
know that knows him as he's a good fella, um, but maybe not good, not a good coach, not as a number one. Um, maybe Max has played for a few guys before over the years. Has maybe a little bit too nice, and sometimes players take take the, the proverbial a little bit. Um, what, what do you think, Max? Do you think maybe some of those nice guys are not their way to to, to you know to go? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I don't think you can say sort of you know to judge whether the guy's nice or or kind of a hard ass in the locker room and you can't really determine it's going to be uh, successful or not there is a couple of coaches that I play with super nice guys they're player coaches but you have their respect anyway so I don't think that kind of you can kind of judge by that um, I think there's other elements perhaps just like those school deals um, that we don't know about there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes sometimes that we don't know um, people being threatened with maybe pay cuts um, or sponsors fall off the face. You never know. It happens. Everything happens. The most important thing for me is I think um, I'm just getting some valuable information here. It looks like it's going to be a, a little a, a booster team for me for the accumulators um, to chuck it in there and in some of my bets. So that's the most important thing. Max, we, let's be fair. We only know one result count tonight, Cardiff City. And I thought we, we might talk about that depending how it goes. Other games are important tonight, Max. Just focus on the job in hand, please. The, the games are important. I'm actually, actually, I have my notifications on. I just see the five <laughs> scores against Cardiff Devils. So the Devils oh, are the score, Ellen. Devils are losing 3-2. <clears throat> so you want to talk about some games now as well. But it's a good thing I stayed off the, off the betting tonight. Um, but uh, to be honest, my prediction is that Brayhead's going to finish above them, which is probably an easy prediction, above Dundee. Um, something's going on there as well. And I think if you want to talk about players not playing for their coach, well, I think you got an example there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can chat all day about that team. <laughs> I suppose I'm not going to open a can of worms. No, let's open a can of worms. I, I, to be honest with you, he's, he's fair game. Um, the guy was an absolute clown. Let's not, let's not pretend otherwise. I, I pardon my ignorance for not maybe looking any, into the research side of things, but did you ever come across him as a, as a player? Did you ever play against him? Well, I played for him, so it's kind of easy for me to say. Yeah. So I played for him. Uh, in fact, I recommended him <laughs> to uh, to Brayhead. <laughs> Joe Pop. I love it. So, so I had... Uh, I had, what's his name, contacted me um, in the summer saying, you know, what are your thoughts? I noticed that, you know, you played for him. And, and to be honest, he, I, it was an honest opinion. <laughs> I mean, I've recommended the guy. I thought it was an amazing recruiter. The guy pounds the phone like no other. Um, he, you know, every guy professionally that I play with knows of him. Okay. He probably called everyone. He's one of the hard, hard workers in terms of recruiting. However, He's a marmite. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. This time it didn't. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Days as an agent are pretty much screwed then, basically, aren't they? Then I think. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But <laughs> your little side things, you know, we have going on in, you know, outside of I your was, I was proud of that one as well. I say, oh, I'm going to send them a jam. Um, but unfortunately, things didn't work out. Uh, you know, you, you so, can't predict. Even even Klopp can lose sometimes. You know. Yeah, well, Klopp's got some cash in the bank, to be fair. He's won a few trophies. He's, he's kind of got some credits to use, but Mr. Cameron. So when the Brayhead fans come after you now? To be honest, I'm going to stay by my recommendation. I did actually, I didn't mind him as a coach, but he can definitely, with the way he behaves and the way he acts, can rub people the wrong way. Um, it's not for everybody. 
the problem was that I have is maybe when the writing was on the wall, the guy just kind of continued with it, you know, like, and I can almost feel about it. What, what I don't understand is everybody makes mistakes, but if you make mistakes, I think maybe gracefully should have bowed down many, many, many weeks ago. Um, but I'm just, again, do we know everything that's happened behind the scenes? I highly doubt. Yeah, so, but this, there you know, is this common denominator, the guy that sort of recruits these people, he's still there somehow. So maybe that needs to change at some point. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they clever. Just, just, to, just to update you as well, it's 4-2 for um, 5 against Cardiff. Oh, oh, okay. I can imagine it's fun down there right now. Um, I, I've got to ask a question. Is that another power play goal for 5? Because there's already three power play goals and it's just like unheard of. That's how <laughs> the season's worth in one night. I, I don't know, but it doesn't look very good, does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, five, he, he predicted a shutout tonight against Fife, so clearly he knows nothing about his own team. For four goals in, in what? Second period are we on? I'm assuming yeah. second period. Something like that. Oh dear, dear. And you, you talk about betting, I've just taken my accumulator and what, I've got plenty of goals to score on, on the bet and none of them are scored. So yeah, it's a good night for Bay. Um, moving slightly swiftly on, um, we mentioned last week um, Naslin's hit in the Belfast-Dundee game, and after our recording, the game, um, Dops woke up and delivered a three-game suspension um, for a, for the Neen incident. Um, very much round table, we saw Dave Phillips get two games, Naslin get three. Is the old line of Dops looking after the big boys kicking in, or were they, is it a good balance there with the hits and the, and the suspensions? Uh, do you guys want me to start on the hits? Because again, we can be here for bloody two, three hours, good three hours. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I've seen all the hits that you're referring to, but one of the biggest things that I noticed is different. Um, it looks so much worse when it goes in slow motion. It, it, it is ridiculous. The one thing I noticed people comment and jumping in and, and it's crazy how the difference of opinion can be night and day is incredible. What people I think a lot of people don't understand is when you refereeing the game and you see this in, in live motion and you don't, maybe don't even have the, not only the slow motion, you don't even have the repeat. You only see it once. And the way the, the collateral damage happens, you know, the, the helmets fly off, the leg kick, you know, flies off and it just looks like, oh my God, this looks so bad. Um, but there is so many variables involved. It is crazy. It is crazy. I am always on the side as in, that was a good hit <laughs> kind of guy. But I also try to be honest. If I see something in there, for example, that I believe that was Naslin. Naslin from Dundee, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so that to me looked like a slight knee. Okay? Although it does look much worse in slow motion. But that was the only one that kind of looked, ooh, okay, maybe, you, you know, that you could have, you know, not do that. Kind of led with with the leg, kind of left the leg, kind of thing. The other ones, it just the, the collateral damage looks so much worse than it is. They all kind of looked all right to me, especially the uh, the hit on the Nottingham guy, um, or by not sorry, yeah, Levin was it Levin that got hit? Yeah, so that to me it was a brilliant hit. But not only was it a brilliant hit, I loved the reaction from Levin, who knew that the hit was coming. And he got himself together nice and strong. And the guy actually bounced off him. So to me, it was almost like a double hit. But it was completely clean. I don't see anything wrong with it at all. And I don't even know if there's any suspensions given out for that. No. 
So they got that right. Well, that's a surprise. So yeah, I have loads of opinions on those. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, beyond that in due course. But John Scott, what, where would you see the the balance of them suspensions? Uh, the the Naslin one, he he went for that. I think when he he was a good ten foot away from him when he started to go it go at him and he could have pulled out and knee on knee. I can end careers, so yeah, I didn't like that one, and I'm glad it didn't get the token two games. Um, so yeah, I was I was actually quite happy with Dops on that one. For me, I think that the whole incident just opened up so many cans of worms, not just the hit, because the hit was was shocking. It was was a joke. I think it was it, it was it was a late play, and on on the star play of, of Belfast, that he could have you know he could have really done some damage. <laughs> but for me. The thing that I, I was a bit annoyed with was just, it's almost like the, the, the aftermath of it as well. You know, at the end of the day, Conway's obviously angry. It makes sense. He's obviously pissed off. He goes and makes a comment on Twitter, you know, on social media. He, he's talking about dead man, blah, blah, blah. Effectively calling the guy out. I hope he does go and fuck the guy up. I really do. I think that guy deserves to pay for that hit. I'm not convinced that going via social media and saying that is the right way to do it. You then get people like Hass from absolute nowhere. I'm not even involved in, not even involved in the league anymore. And he's then calling out all these Belfast fans en masse, like as if they've all been slagging him off. Um, he's slagged off all the Sheffield fan base for one fan, apparently one fan. And, um, ironically, as he was ranting about this before, and, and uh, it's not really been good if she'd have been on as a Sheffield fan because she was saying, like, about how, like, it was, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're trying to sort of, you know, stop fans saying shit on social media to players, which we've talked about already. Like I said, it's almost like we know what we're talking about. We talked about this two weeks ago when look what happened. Bouncy seems to have left Twitter. Um, and yet you've got players like Haas who had nothing to do with it coming out and just getting involved and just chucking crap around. I just don't see the point. At the end of the day, the rules should apply both sides. You know, at the end of the day, if you're going to sort of be sort of not giving abuse to, to players and rightly so, don't get players coming out giving abuse to fellow players or or fans, it just doesn't look good. And I hope that Conway does step up and does fight Naslin. I think he, 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 I have a lot of respect for him. But I think he's a, maybe a rush of blood to the head and, and poor judgment saying what he said. And in typical Belfast form, they just tried to justify it and, and make out with something else. He was a dead man himself coming back from the dead. It was a bit... bit. But if, if Naslin does get hurt in the next game badly, I don't think it'll reflect well. You know, having said that exact phrase, I don't think that's a good thing to put out on social media. But it was a shocker. It could be lucky they could have gone to, they could have been tagging the NHL in how things were wrong and disgusting and how things <laughs> should be done. Um, not mentioning the incident, of course. Um, I suppose I'll ask Max just in generic about Dobson, kind of when you you're, when you were playing yeah. in the elite league to what is now. Do you I could have had a lot of fun um, in them days. I, I I kind of disagree on half of what. Johnson saying, to be honest, I agree with the fact is let you know let the guy address. If Conway wants to address things on the ice, let address something on the ice, okay. But social media, I I just I think it's we're an entertainment business. I think you do. I just let it fly. Do do what you want. As long as you're ready, as long as you're ready to answer for whatever you're gonna say, then then say what you want. To be honest, as, as in of course, <laughs> I'm not talking about you know threaten someone's life or, you know, crossing certain social sort of 
boundaries. But to to a point, to a point, to me, Twitter, I'm here for fun, for entertainment. I don't take Twitter seriously too much. Uh, I also know if I'm starting to get sort of abuse uh, or sort of threatening behavior, I can either answer or or give abuse back or whatever. Like, I can sort of stand up for myself. And if I don't like it, I'm just ignoring people. I I really don't quite... Um, I respect people who, you know, leave Twitter and get upset and can't handle it. But I don't understand the factors and, you know, how do you let people get under your skin that much? I mean, just kind of ignore, but I, I'm not right or wrong, I suppose. I don't get that don't be on the platform if you, you know, not either ready or prepared. To, to, it's almost like we're in 2022. You, you know what's going on on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? So it's like getting into a racing car and not being prepared for the speed type thing. Am I, does that kind of make sense? And that's, I, guess, see, I guess that's, that's my opinion. That's a and a half. That's class. It's like getting a speed car and not be prepared for the speed. That's a good soundbite, Max. That's what we have you on. <laughs> I I draw some weird weird um, parallels, but I, I'm just trying trying to get get my point across. Maybe I'm not kind of getting across. It's just I don't get it. Nobody forces yeah. nobody forces people to be on any platform. I get that too. I mean, and to be fair, I I pretty much share the same view as you. I don't give a crap what someone says to me or thinks about me. I really don't, you know. But then. It, it, in the past, I may have been a bit more sensitive to that information. I may have t- let things yeah. get me down, and I may have gone away and, and, and questioned myself. But uh, you know, as you get older and stuff, maybe you do get a bit more wiser, and you, then you take it for what it is. And as you say, if you put yourself in the firing line, you're going to maybe get shot. I just think that, unfortunately, people take it personally. You know, take it personally, and that's fair enough, because people do cross the line. Behind a mask or under a helmet, there's a human being at the end of the day, and not everyone's got the same it's mentality. Like- it's like I went to Inferno um, a couple of times in my early days with Devils, and it was absolute shit show. It's absolute shit show. I was so upset for a momentarily, but then I realized who writing the comments or the, the, I mean, a lot of the people, they free try whatever they want, but they don't have really much credibility. I mean, I just had no interest. I had no, I almost give no credibility to, to Inferno. Again, if you want to be there, in your in your little pocket, that's fine, and, and it's okay to leave. I don't understand what the big deal is. Okay, Bouncy, he recognized. I'm getting upset about it. I'm just gonna go. But what is actually the big deal? Do you know what I mean? He's gonna go on Facebook and just hang out in more of a family sort of environment. I'm assuming on Facebook. Twitter is a little bit more rowdy, I suppose. A little bit more negative. And I find myself going on Facebook a little bit more nowadays when I'm gonna get a bit older. Before I was just like, oh no, forget Facebook. I just want act. I wanted that. Do you know what I mean? I wanted people like otherwise it'd be just boring. Like what? What am I on Twitter for? I want to see something funny. I want to see something crazy. You know, like. Um, but yeah, is it necessary to call somebody out? As in, like you know, getting personal? Maybe not. But you need to understand whose comment are you reading? Is it your peers that wrote how shit you are? Because that's a little bit different. Do you know what I mean? If it's fans writing. I, I'm sorry, no offense, but I have less, you know, sort of pay attention less to that. And you need to understand the difference. Talking about abuse, how much of a Welsh twang has Max got now? 
I, I, that the boring then that was a a proper Welsh twang. <laughs> yeah, he's not like Penarth. He's kind of like you know he's kind of bordering on almost not being Welsh where he lives. He's really posh, you know. So he talks a bit like this. He's a very sort of well-to-do. So yeah, he's been quite Cardiffy for like a long time. No, he's been spent <coughs> in, in yeah. Jeffy Lake and stuff. Do you know what I mean? He, he's, you know. uh, we'll be there now in a minute, innit? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Max, just to go back on the point in terms of Dops now and when you kind of were playing for the Devils, do you reckon that in terms of you see if you do see any of the suspensions and what is called now, how much fun Dops would have had back in the in those days? Um. I think it's gotten slightly better in terms of um, at least there's a video that explaining your reasoning. Okay, well, I mean we're getting somewhere. Okay, it is a perfect no. But to be honest, I'm looking at NHL and people moan about NHL decisions. Any league you play to a level, not there's nobody ever going to be happy about it. There's always two sides to the story to a degree, and it's crazy. I <laughs> you can't keep it, but yes, um, it's not perfect. I mean. But I want to say, and I don't know if I'm wrong, but it's slightly getting better with the time, um, I think. Because before, for example, they didn't even explain to you anything. They just, I got a call, like, here's your, here's your 11 games. Remember the, the Coventry game? I had double suspension. Here's your 11 games. No, nobody really explained too much to us. It was actually quite funny. When we announced, or when we said that you was coming on, yeah, actually, it was a, there was a tweet of, like, on this day, it was a clip of that game against... Oh, I know, it was ironic. I'm like, ah! <laughs> so, speaking yeah. of, like, Dobbs, as well, I'm going back a little bit, Max, to your time in Cardiff. Now, I can only speak as a fan, obviously, because I wasn't, you know, doing what you guys are doing. But there's always this kind of, like, talk amongst the league, even nowadays, where the big clubs get protected in terms of bands, the little clubs get fucked over, pardon my French. And P-Fans... P- Jenny believe that. Now, there was, I would say there was times in the past when Cardiff players, because let's be fair, when you played for Cardiff, they weren't the powerhouse that they are again now. There was obviously some rough couple of years there. Did you feel as a player that sometimes maybe Cardiff did get the raw end of the deal, because they weren't a Sheffield or a Nottingham or a Belfast, and, and there was no I, one really fighting in their corner? There were sometimes bands that were maybe unfair? I did feel like that a little bit, but I wonder... Whether it was because you're on that team. <laughs> I wonder if you're on Sheffield team. Actually, no, it's a bad example. Uh, if you're on some other team and you had the suspension, you also felt hard done by when you're on that side of the fence. So I kind of always wonder that, um, whether it feels always harsher when you're on the punished side. Um, if you're going to cry about it, my biggest moan is I still don't get and I still don't have the explanation how Sheffield won the league that one year on the away wins when I wasn't even the first tiebreaker on the book but I that year I was so riled up I said show me the book where's the book and I still haven't seen the book I don't know if it exists there were people in an SCF postcode around that time in 2000 what was it 2010 yeah it took a long time to get over that one to be fair and uh, yeah Uh, it's still a bit insane well, we'll do. We'll talk a little bit about yourself, obviously now and stuff. We won't talk about too much Cardiff stuff. You've probably been asked it a thousand times anyway. Um, just to kind of, I suppose, go back was it fifteen years, wherever it was, until you came to Cardiff. When you first rocked up in the city, obviously first time living in, in the UK. Did you know the situation you were going to be getting yourself into? There was no rink. There was nowhere to train. You literally rocked up in a city, don't know anybody, and there's no fucking ice pad. What, what's all that? No, I just I spoke to uh, Patterson on the phone. 
Um, I actually was speaking to Manchester right before that, and I thought I was going to go to Manchester, and Tony Hand pulled out um, from thing, and then that was I had a call from um, Patterson. But to be honest, that's not something that you would be asking, though, is it? Or asking yourself or the coach. Oh, by the way, guys, do you have a rink? Yeah, I'm coming in. I'm happy to come in. It looks like a nice city, but that's not a question that would cross your mind. Unfortunately, I didn't know up until I was driving past it. Then nobody told me anything about the rink. I think they were trying to keep it a secret, actually. <laughs> and I was driving past the rink, and somebody said there was like six pillars that were sticking out of the ground. They said, oh, by the way, this is the rink. And that was a bit of a shocker. Um, and, but I was... They should have been punked or something. You thought like well, I don't know. But Patterson must have been a good salesman because he said, don't worry about it. It'll be back up and running in four to six weeks. He said, don't worry about it. We're just going to play a few games on the road. <coughs> that never materialized like a triple the amount of time. But nevertheless, it was ended up being one of the funnest years um, of my career. The problem is that's what happened. That's why I was stuck around never left. Yeah, I guess that's probably would be fed into how you end up staying in Cardiff for as long as you did. I'm sure that time without the rink being there where you would spend time with your, your teammates and your brotherhood and stuff and you'd be bonding, you're probably in town kicking off around, you know, seeing Mary Street, drinking beers and stuff and getting to know a lot of people and having a good time. And I, I suppose is that what kind of kept you coming back every season, the fact that you got to know so many people around the city, you became it was a, best effectively. It was a perfect storm, you know. The, firstly, the, the people, you know, when I was just talking to, actually, ironically, today with someone, when you compare to sort of London, normal, random people in London who are not, seem to be very friendly, not very helpful, compared to sort of more of a down south um, or out out west, um, like kind of like in Cardiff, around Wales in general. I, it's noticeable difference, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, it, people are nicer, very welcoming, very easy to get along with. Then you had a great group of guys in Cardiff in terms of the team, which was unbelievable. I think because of that adversity, and I, you, I mean, Coventry might draw some parallels to that. When you have a lot of adversity, you actually become tighter. And when you have a tight group and you overcome some things, you know, it's that much more enjoyable. You're willing to overcome more hurdles or, you know, you want to go to battle together. Um, you want to win things, um, and it, it almost like you have a point to prove. Um, I think I think even as a, as a fan base, I know that Cardiff fans at the time kind of shared that kind of same sort of mindset. You know, we play this crappy little tent. Everyone thinks we're not worthy of being in the league. We're, we're going to be playing your big boys, your Sheffields, your Belfast, your Nottingham's, whoever, and we're going to take it to you because you know, we're going to be loudest fans that we can be. You guys probably put you know much more into the performances, especially in Cardiff, knowing the other team didn't want to be there. They just didn't want well, to be it's, it, it's so much easier to be an underdog and mm. to be kind of heard by your situation. It's almost like a double whammy. It's a dangerous it's a dangerous beast when you when you put, you know, people against the wall and then if you have a tight gel and sort of neat team like that, it's a dangerous team to play against. And that's what I think that's how we, we did it. I mean we we did that BK we won that BK Cup, I think. If I, as far as I remember, all games were on the road. In fact, yeah. I think I think last one was in Coventry, three 0 I think we won. Um, but that was that was no. Uh, that's not something that we did every game, and it's not a norm to go to Coventry and win three 0 in the championship game. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it just felt it felt you know right that year. It just felt right the way we kind of played. 
it would have been crazy though. I think like the team was within pissing distance of winning the league that season. Imagine you sign a team of misfits that have got no rig to play in for three months and literally could have won the league that season as well against all these big spending teams. That probably would have never been ever happen ever again. You're not going to get another team that'll ever play in the league to start the season with three months with no. No arena. Um, speaking of that, I know we spoke obviously in the past when you were kind of coming towards the end of your career and you're trying to sort of stay in Cardiff as long as you could. Would, would you say one of your, your regrets you didn't get to hang on that extra season or so to, to play in the new arena? And obviously, oh, I was I was team. super annoyed. I was so annoyed to be honest because I've opened up that arena and I thought I was going to close it down. There was one more year left in the in the lifespan. I mean, they said to be the five years, but it lasted ten years or something like that. Yeah, I was super annoyed, and you know, but it is what it is. Um, people in charge need to make decisions. It's sports. I'm gonna go into that whole. Oh yeah, sports. It is. You know, it is what it is. But yeah, I was super annoyed. Um, I still thought I had a lot to offer. In fact, I was gonna play for free. <laughs> Almost, I was just gonna be like, oh, I'll work, and I, I, I barely, like, figure, figuratively speaking, I was gonna. I even offered to um, to play as like a extra import if you guys wanted to. Because that's yeah. where I was at that point of my career. Of I just wanted stability. I want to stay where I am. I didn't really want to go anywhere. Um, I could have got a, probably a job on the side and still enjoyed myself playing where I always enjoyed playing. Um, but unfortunately, some things don't. You know, it. You know, you're not in control of certain things. I think you're kind of a victim in that situation of almost being you're part of the old regime. I think. Let's be fair. If you're the then play a coach. Someone comes to you with a deal like that for an absolute club legend that's prepared to play for buttons at the end of the day. The fans love him. Even as a spare import, why would you not take that deal? Why would you not take that deal? And I just think that maybe, I can't speak for the person involved, but you, you maybe said, okay, well, let's just want to get rid of all the old guard now, more or less, start fresh, which you can understand the logic in that to some extent. Well, that's, a, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what kind of, Happen if somebody already made up their mind. I'm just gonna. We, we want a clean slate. I want a different style of team, perhaps. I want different. You know, I want my own guys. I want you know. You just can't control those things. So from that perspective, it's understandable. Also, the biggest point is, I would have been way more pissed off if things didn't work out. But look, look at the way how it worked out. Mm. What happens? They go and win championships. You know, how can you yeah. how can you then sit out and say, oh, you guys got it wrong? They haven't. So, from that perspective, could I have been a part of it? Maybe, you know, but... Maybe that first season, I think, when they were still playing in, in the BBC and they went across the new arena, even just to kind of get you there so you play those first few games at the end of the season, as it happened, they didn't win a trophy that season anyway, so you no. wouldn't have been on the back if, 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 they, if they tried to justify that. What they want to talk about, and I think, to be fair, you're more than qualified to... When we speak about the, the, the Brits and, and the imports in the league, there's obviously always this kind of debate, should we call it, argument about amount of Brits in the league and amount of you know imports, etc. Obviously, you played. In, I mean, one thing that has always been kind of something that I'm passionate about, and David the same as a, as a GB fan. I'd like to see more Brits playing in the league. Now, I went to an NIHL two game at the weekend with my daughter and her boyfriend uh, in London in Harrogate. I didn't have a lot of expectation of the game. I'm not going to lie. I thought maybe a third tier of, of, of British hockey is going to be an absolute gong show. Anyway, we turn up. The rink is jam-packed, which was a good start anyway. Little kids going around with their little replica shirts on, high-fiving the players. And the game was, was superb. The, the, to think that was a third tier of British hockey 
there were guys there that entertained me, and I genuinely didn't feel like it wasn't an entertaining value for money. I paid £8.50. This talk about the product, the product, the product justifies keeping 14 imports in the league. Where do you stand on that? Do you think there should be a bit more balance in terms of more Brits in the league? I know it takes time to develop the Brits, but where do you think we should be going with them? Yeah, same, same with, kind of similar with, with the hits, right? There's so many things involved. It is not, I can tell you right now, there is no an easy answer. There is no, there is no right or wrong because the issue is the, the, the league is not affiliated with GB hockey, are they? So, they are going to look after their own product. And if you're speaking about, if you're talking about product, I'll tell you another thing. I was surprised of, um, of the level and in the entertainment level of the EPL when I dropped down to the EPL. And that year we had something like we're allowed six imports. So it's quite, it's quite a league for the couple of years that they've, you know, it was a nice blend, mostly Brits and with Decent amount of imports. The thing is, it's a different, it's two different environments. So the entertainment was there, the level was there when you play against each other. But how many Brits would stand out and hold that level in the elite level? I don't know because they've never been allowed to. I mean, they've never been allowed to. And it's almost automatic. The problem was, even in my days when I was playing for Cardiff, the Brits were not getting enough look. Like you couldn't, you couldn't develop them from the bench, can you? So, so you don't know. <laughs> Maybe they can hang, you know, in the elite league, but you don't know because they never get sort of. If it's an older known Brit, like you know, like Myers or Clark, you know, back in the you know, shields, we know them. But how do you break into the league off the bench? It's, it's almost near impossible to right. get yeah. that level. It's almost like you need to limit the numbers of imports, which again is maybe a, a two or three, five year sort of phase. Um, obviously, bring the guys back in in a second so I could ramble, otherwise I could be on all night, you and I talking about stuff. And one last thing I want you to just tell the story about um, to the boys the time you got arrested. Which Which time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the famous one. I'm okay. g- I'm given, given the the airport one, in case. The, well, it's not really about airport. It's about um, it's about a shock of it and not knowing you get arrested. Normally, when you do a crime, you think, oh yeah, there's a good chance you're gonna arrest it. This time, <laughs> this time I got tricked. I got duped into it. It's not my fault. John, <laughs> I, know, well, I know the story. I, I, I want the boys to know as well because this is yeah, pretty, yeah. Well, so, so it's not for you, but so unfortunately, um, I didn't kind of realize the gravity of the seriousness of um, being, you know, owning a passport of the country that the military service is mandatory, and that if somebody sends you letters to come and report to the army, you should be doing that. Um, I didn't even know about letters. That, to, to report, I did know I turned 18. Bizarrely, um, I, I, I knew it was a few months ago. But I was in Canada playing uh, OCI ice hockey, and my parents never told me that I was getting these letters. Unfortunately, before you turn 18, um, they make it that your passport expired. That any 18-year-old will have their international passport expired. Therefore, if you're going to extend it, they'll ask you to fly back to Israel to extend it. 
I didn't know that they trick you like that. So I said, oh, no big deal. Jump on a plane, go quickly, extend your passport, fly back to Toronto. Well, yeah, that was an extended trip um, sort of ended up because when I landed and I was trying to go through passport control, the guy looked at me and said, oh, wait two seconds. Next thing you know, there's a couple of guys come and grab you but by the hands on the back, put you in the, in the cuffs and off you go. Next thing you know, my parents are waiting for luggage to come out from the carousel and I never really came out. Just my bags were circling and everything, so at least they had my bags. Um, and then uh, I had, was obviously allowed to phone call. I called my dad and he's like, oh, my God. What's happening? And then <clears throat> six o'clock in the morning, I spend the night basically in single jail, proper jail. Um, and I've uh, been told, well, you need to go speak to this um, to this officer. And it was a court. So when you say court, it's just a guy, um, an officer and just some guy in the typewriter and sitting next to him recording the conversation, being basically saying you need to go to the army. I mean, you've been AWOL. I said, oh, I didn't even know. Um, that I've been an AWOL. Um, I just realized I'm 18 years old, but never getting letters. Like, oh, yeah, because I was in Canada. Um, and then my parents weren't saying anything. So they basically gave me a few choices. They basically said, you enroll in the army or you go to jail. So I said, I'm not enrolling in the army because basically it means, you know, front lines going in Lebanon or elsewhere. Straight, here's your gun. So I thought they are kind of joking around. So I said, there's no way I'm going to the... To, to the army, I have to go back to Canada to play ice hockey. I play for Team Israel, believe it or not. And the guy said, "We don't give a shit. Play for any, what team you play for, even if you play for national team." So okay, well, nothing. Any excuse I had basically didn't work, um, and I just still said, "No, I'm not going to the army." So they called my bluff, um, and uh, I ended up in this army jail on the tent with 16 guys um, behind the barbed wire with one light bulb hanging out. What do they call it? Teardrop light. Um, hanging out from the ceiling. So all in all, spend about, I think it was like a month and a half in jail. Then I quickly realized that this is not the way. Um, my mental health deteriorating very fast. Luckily, uh, I've met a guy who, who explained to me that if your mental health deteriorates, you need to go see a doctor. Um, you need to ask to maybe leave jail and agree to go to the army and go see a doctor in the army. And that's kind of like a short version of it. Um, how I ended up after three and a half months of um, blend of a bit of army jail, a bit of uh, boot camp, um, an Israeli army to kind of getting back on the plane to, uh, to, to Toronto to make it just in time for the season. And that's the season where I led the league in goals and got drafted by Jersey. So that was kind of like a short version of it. Just wow. Um, our stories go. I'm pretty sure we'll probably not um, top that one uh, ever. That's that's, that's that's crazy. I mean, I, I'd heard bits of it, but to hear that in in structure, wow. Um, I'll throw a question to you, to you, Max. Um, a little bit put on the spot in, in your time in, in predominantly elite league. But uh, where were the best places apart from Cardiff to play at? Um, obviously, the other side of the coin. Where were the worst places you, you, you played at? Um. The best sort of um, level, obviously, was I was lucky enough to have a few pre-seasons, um, pre-season games, I should say, in the NHL um, with, with Jersey, but obviously didn't didn't stick around. I, most of my career on in North America, I spent in the farm um, in AHL and East Coast. But the places to play, the San Diego, is by far my favorite in terms of the place. 
In fact, the team was actually pretty good. Everything was pretty good. Um, but I obviously had other opportunity. Then I went to play with Malcolm Cameron in Long Beach. But in terms of the level and um, the actual hockey, um, I think it was Germany in the second German league when I played in Heilbronn. That was quite enjoyable uh, hockey. And that's where where I felt actually this is my level. As in, it's challenging. You know, it's not. You know, like you don't walk through everybody. You know what I mean? Every day you you need to challenge yourself. And it was that kind of level where I wanted to play. Again, um, the opportunity presented itself back in Cardiff. Um, and I just couldn't resist the chippy lane, I suppose. So I just went back and just finished it off. Did another five years or six years there. Scott, have you got any questions to, to throw to Max? Yeah, talking Elite League Club. When you played in Cardiff, you always, I've said to you many times, you always seemed to score in the Sky Dome. And we had some great games, and one of my favourite players to play in the Cardiff team was uh, Tyler Michelle. But at when, your time in Cardiff, who was your favourite player to play with, and who did you like the most ability-wise from an opposition team? Um, the single player, and perhaps maybe the single year <laughs> that I enjoyed, by, bar none, was uh, Mark Smith. That first year that when I come in the league and me and him basically ended up in the line together with Paul Sample um, that was very very enjoyable um, as far as the line I think it's no secret that it was um, Pele and Matska that I enjoyed playing with as a, as a line it's something it's an incredible feeling where you just go to every game and you actually never worried you think yeah we're going to do fine you know, we're not even worried about anything. I didn't have to do any prep. I, sometimes we didn't even warm up. I don't think it was it was unbelievable. It was that kind of feeling when you when you're riding like that, you you don't overthink. You don't squeeze your stick. And um, so yeah, I would just want to say the ability wise was Mark Smith that one year. It was just um, very easy to to play with, and it's somebody that we kind of click with. But of course, um, a masker was one of the. Um, all around, I want to say, players, um, hardworking, winning draws, skillful, one-on-one, the shot. I mean, the, talking about a guy who has everything in his locker overall is probably Scott Manska. And from an opposition team in the, the league, who did you admire the most? I'm not going to say this because, um, because you're in the podcast, but there's a couple of guys who and that and there wasn't many who I thought I can't control or I can't I, I was feared to come and play with but it was um Cal, Calder and Carlson I can't even separate them they were uniquely each had different set of skills but in terms of a puzzle that I couldn't solve that I had difficulty playing against or defending those two were another level to me If, if we could go on for a long time with questions and stories, um, um, we'll probably have to bring it back on, Max, for another segment and just to, to give more because it's been fasc- fascinating listening. Yeah, um, it's not it's not one hour conversation, is it? So, no, no, we we could do probably a part two, three, four, and the rest. And I'm happy to do that. Don't worry. Can I can I do an update for John? Go for it. Oh, Cardiff come back and it's five four now. There we go. Although on the flip side, that Cardiff City losing again, Bluebirds are going to go. Um, again. Oh, you win some, you lose some. 
can't have it all. Next, don't pretend you don't care. Don't pretend to be passive. I do care. I do care. I was going to go to the game, but luckily I didn't. The weather's crap tonight. That was a, fan, a fantastic section, and I'm, I'm sure that when this is released and people enjoy it as much as, as we have. Um, move on to the next section, um, and I think this is probably one that you could probably have um, an input in as well, Max, but uh, referees have been quite vocal the last few days on social media with... Uh, a level one course that's been uh, advertised. I did, I did notice that. I did notice that. I think there is not one referee that didn't chirp up, are they? <laughs> I think every single one of them, whoever's on Twitter, commented on that, didn't they? It, it what, was, does that, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Uh, it was something that Scott um, raised up here, so I'll, I'll let Scott lead off with it. Oh, I just thought it was very funny in the sense of, oh my God, what are you guys doing? They've clearly got the WhatsApp group and said, lads, let's do this. Let's get out on Twitter. And some of them are a bit more articulated than the others, but they all kind of went for the, they all kind of went for the banter. And I'm just thinking, guys, you're not liked. You're a referee. Like you, we're all going to have an opinion on you and you, you make mistakes. Um, as long as it doesn't go over the line of given like, trying to attack their family physical abuse I do think you can say oh we didn't agree with the ref tonight so and then after last year with Coventry with Hogarth saying we're all in wash you know refs aren't my favourite thing and so I just thought could have been done better and also if you want to encourage people to ref perhaps do a presentation from a marketeer, not something you've whipped up on PowerPoint to try and get someone to do a referee's course that don't show anything. I just thought, come on, boys. And I think they're all trying to backtrack, but yeah, didn't inspire me to referee, so no thank I you. I can't a group of, like, WhatsApp group boys, like, you know, ranting and raving amongst themselves and taking it to Twitter. I can imagine anyone would do that. No, no, can I? But I could see Scott on the ice. You can just see now, call on the penalties, like the new Wes McCauley. Angry ref. <laughs> <laughs> I found it, I found it funny. I found it funny. I think, how awful is it to be a referee? How awful? You never, nobody ever pats you on the back. All you get is a fuck you. Okay? <laughs> nobody ever happy. Okay? And finally, this is their time to shine. This is their time to shine. And this is how they try to motivate people. And basically saying, you do it, you show it. It's partially correct for them to call people out, but also a bit cringy. But yep. it's kind of, it's not, it's not, they're not wrong. They get abused all the time. And, and, and give them one, this is going to be a one-off. This is also reminding me one of those things when in government when something happens and, for example, Boris or somebody else do this something dumb, all of a sudden this flurry of MPs doing a copy and paste comment going, going oh, I'm standby for this decision. I, I, I endorse this. And then it, but it's literally, it's like the similar thing. But you know what? Let them have this one. Let them have this one because they've been building this up probably inside for so long, as long as their careers are long. And the finally bubble burst, didn't it? So um, let them have this one. Enjoy it, boys. Enjoy the, the entertainment of Twitter. 
as an example, given the use of the government, you probably have too much material to use um, on a daily basis there. Um, but I'm kind of, when I saw it, I'm like, you know, there's better ways to do it, but, you know, they get, like you said, they, they get they get the crap from many fans. Um, get back. Not basically, it was personal. It was yeah. just, you know, if you, can, if you think we're wrong, well, show us how it's done. Exactly. They're basically, saying, they're basically saying if it's easy, show us, you know, but again, <laughs> they're not wrong, but I guess I suppose there's a better way of doing it. But it is Twitter. Don't forget. That's true, yeah. November 2022, Max is sticking up for referees. Wow. You see it all. <laughs> you see it all. That's the name of the episode, by the way. <laughs> Just, yeah. mm. But uh, now it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are like in terms of who attends the level one courses this year, to see if anybody actually does go. Um, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, watch, people are just going to show up that never skated in their life and still going to do a better job. Imagine that. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be class. Nah, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we'll give the, the, the Zebras a, a day off. and I'm sure by next week it'll be uh, back to normal. So, that's it in terms of topics. Um, unless there's any other business, anything that should get a, a mention, uh, John Scott. We'll start with Scott. Um, you anything else to mention this week? No, I, I want to get Max back on fast though, because I knew it'd be like hard to shoehorn like stories in a short period of time. This guy could speak for three hours, and you'll know, be crying with laughter. Um, so yeah, just thanks to Max for coming on and just making everyone smile. You're welcome, boys. You're welcome. I'm, I actually enjoy these things, but because I don't play anymore, so this is as close as it gets to playing and do a bit of a locker room talk, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. A little bit. Scott, what's group, boys? Love him on every day. Let's let's get him in there and see a daily bout of uh, Maxisms. Oh. Maxisms, I like it. I like it. Scott, do you have any other topics to uh, to raise this week? Yeah, don't believe I do. Uh, Norm, this is where you tell us. Well, we can talk about the blaze if you want. I need to get involved at this point normally. Okay, yeah. we'll talk about the blaze. Just one second on the blaze, all right? Um, CJ Mark is um, not playing in the HR, which he said he was, and he's back up in the ECHL, so um, I expect him to be back in the league at some point. Not saying for the blaze, not saying that. It's not an exclusive, but he went there to go play AHL. Didn't want to be jumping around on the coast on the bus. He's not going to get in that AHL team. I've looked at the goalies. He's playing back up in the coast to a draft pick. So unless he gets traded, um, I don't know. Not saying that. Uh, and also, uh, I'd have Luke Ferrara back in a heartbeat. So. He's been badly underused in Nottingham. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What do you think, Max? I have no idea who these guys are. I, I heard the name. <laughs> Ferrara. Oh, Ferrara, sorry. I thought you said, um, uh, I was talking about the goalie. Um, was it Mark? Yeah, it's his accent, to be fair. He does have this weird Scottish kind of Brummie accent kind of thing going on. It's a bit confusing sometimes. I, do you know what? Ferrara has been the one of, if not the biggest surprises to me that you know again I haven't played against him too much because early in his career he had a bit of a spell with Cardiff didn't he and then and I thought well actually he's a nice neat 
um, little player, but the level he took himself to the last whatever few years, what is it, five years? You want to say? It, it, it's truly incredible. So you, you got to tip a hat off to him. That's and I got to be honest with you, it's not someone I thought that's going to go that sort of far, that high. Um, you know, in the in the in the end, and be at the top of his game to 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 be that sort of at that level. It's it's incredible. So we had him for a year in Sheffield, um, and he was a bit unlucky. It coincided with the same time as Liam Kirk. But I always remember he scored a pretty good goal against Salzburg when we win the CHL. And you just thought, the way the shot was, the goal was scored, you thought there's something a bit special about this kid. Um, and, you know, it's good to see him kind of, I think we were three, four years ago, he was the leading goal scorer whilst in Coventry for the, yeah. across the league. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully Nottingham see a bit more sense and use him a bit more. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Um, we kind of sign off the section um, with a, a too good, too bad. Um, just what we've kind of seen across the, the league. Um, let's start, Scott. What's yours this week? Uh, too good. Supermarket Garside, Belfast. Uh, 623 games he's played for that organisation. Um, after coming from Edinburgh, uh, he's won. I think it's multiple titles there. Fair play to him. Ever reliable, plays forward and D. And that's when you've got a Brit that could do that. It's absolutely solid. Uh, second too good is Peyton Franti at the Blaze. First year pro. Six foot odd. Tough work and he's scoring points, he's scoring goals and playing with a smile on his face. So yeah, uh, great little signing for us. Really happy with him. Too bad. Um, Dundee. I, I, I don't need to go any further on that. And my second too bad is I'm going to give Guildford some shit. 3-0 up. 3-0 up at home and then chucking it away. Tim Pop. <laughs> John. Um, I actually was ironically going to go the same as, as one of his goods with Mr. Garside, so I'll have to quickly flip that over. Let's just check in Cameron for one more time. Malcolm Cameron has left the league, so that's another good. I wasn't going to mention Cameron if I could help it, but he's gone, so he'll, he'll be good. Um, my other good, not linked to our league, but the NIHL too. Um, great to see young British kids playing, literally playing for probably for free and, 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 and literally put on a show. I think it was exciting to see young British kids, and it was fantastic. Um, too bad, again, can't be Dundee. Crap, Dundee. Absolute crap. And then Cardiff's uh, capitulation in Nottingham again. Different coach, different players, and same outcome. Like Voodoo. Sorry, can I jump in on that? What? Why do Cardiff struggle? That was a question for you. Why do okay. Cardiff struggle in Nottingham? Because they always struggle in Nottingham. It's a woodoo. It's a woodoo place. Yeah, I've heard it called many things, and most of them have been accurate. It's it's a well. it doesn't matter who's coach, which team, who's played on which team. Like, let's be fair, they were crap Saturday Nottingham, absolutely crap. And then they come and battered Cardiff on Sunday. It's just weird. And you can and you can guarantee they could be bottom of the league in six weeks' time, and then they'll be Cardiff on the Sunday. It's just weird. 
And actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say that the, the coach kind of thanked the night before them being having their faces rubbed in the mud uh, over the PA in Sheffield that they used they used to channel it against Cardiff, which I like. No, they just played better. What's the same this week, though? Uh, that's why I'm saying the coach of Nottingham. Um, <laughs> so my my two good. Um, I'll mention the comeback uh, in Guildford for Sheffield. Uh, three 0 down. I didn't expect anything. Good to see O'Connor score. Um, from a GB perspective, uh, so but a good result and a good two points for Sheffield at the top end. And same game, but actually good to see Connolly get on the score sheet with a goal. He's he struggled badly this season. Yes, he's come back from bad injury, but he's finally got on the score sheet, and hopefully that spurs him on for the rest of the season because he's kind of been in that kind of hit and miss. A lot of people have been saying, "Is it time we 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 got rid of him?" So hopefully this starts his season off there. My too bad. Um, it's a full house for Dundee. We've, we've hit on that a lot. So, and my other one was the lack of interview from the Nottingham coach on the Saturday. With that snippet that was put out from the league, I'm like, this is going to be get the popcorn, just sit down and enjoy. And to not have it, disappointing. Well, it, it is a little bit of a job unless they was asked or requested not to um, release it. If you don't want to, if you don't want to say it, don't say it. You know, if you, if you put yourself, you know, put yourself to words, own it. Simple. Uh, I got too good and too bad. Go for it. But it's but it's one. It's the same. It's one of the same. It's the referees. He was so good. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. John, your job. Book book Max in for months time. We're having another episode. But. No, it's it's been another good episode. Um, if you're not following us on socials, and I don't know why, because we mention it every week, uh, Twitter, Instagram at Three on Three Podcast UK, uh, Instagram Three on Three Podcast UK, um, and you, you will see us. Or you're now starting to see us on the Apple Podcast charts. Um, uh, last week, sorry, where were we last week? Where do we? Where we, we was hitting the top of the charts in the whole of the country. Indeed. It's not bad, is it? So we'll uh, we'll have another go at getting there. Chicklet skies with the like Sydney Crosby's when you get Max B a variety, you know what I mean? I just just to let people know I'm not on Insta if they want to, you know, look me up and try to creep on the pictures. <laughs> but I am I am on Twitter. And sometimes I go on Facebook for family stuff, okay? So what you're saying is it Twitter's the place for the um Beat the, the shit beat the shit out of me on Twitter if you wanted to. I won't leave. Um, <laughs> one of the many excuses you've heard tonight. Um, we've already said it, Max. Well, thank you very much for, um, for giving up your time this evening. It's been a blast, and we will get you back on. No worries. Point. I'm going to go get beat up by the wife now, so you're welcome. <laughs> Boy. We'll leave it big. Um, John, uh, Elder of the Parish, uh, thank you for tonight's uh, leading role this evening. Um, I thought you did quite well. Should we like, just let you have like this authority sometimes to think you're more important? Just back in your box, please. Episode nine. Episode nine. All normal service will resume. Scott, thank you uh, for your time this evening. No problem. Uh, Pink Finley is on its way. Uh, Let's close the gate. We're closing the gate (laughs) on that one. Um, And that's it for another episode of the Three on Three podcast.